It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app today and join me today at noon and get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. We got a lot of good stuff to get to today. We're talking a lot of Jeff's junk mail, talking about a winning homestand, absolutely phenomenal performance by the lineup yet again against the Pirates as the Reds sweep the Pirates and have won five in a row. Ain't this fun? This hasn't been this fun in a while. Like, okay. And it's funny because if you listen to the Lockdown MLB podcast, I'm on with Sully today talking about this hot start for the Reds. And yes, there's plenty of people out there, and they are all right, who are saying that it's only six games and that three of those came against the Pirates. But you know what? It's fun. Even last year, whenever they were making their run and made it into the playoffs, there was still a twinge of doubt there was still a twinge of boy oh boy this is a lot of fun but it it really feels like we're up against the clock here and of course they were but they were able to sneak on in and then the playoffs happened and we won't talk about that because we all know what happened in the playoffs so then we start this season and we're not sure what we're gonna get and frankly if you look at the statistics and see Trent pointed that out on Twitter, the batted ball profile. So, you know, where the balls are going, are they being pulled? Are they hit to the opposite field? Are they on a line? Are they fly balls? Are they ground balls? All of that stuff is actually pretty similar this year. It just kind of looks like these are all the hits that the Reds didn't get. They didn't fall last year with that historically low batting average on balls in play. I think this is sustainable, not in the sense that I think they're going to score nine runs a game for the rest of the season, but I think this is a sustainable offense that will continue to be a focal point for opponents, something that they have to to worry about. No longer are they going to play the Reds and say, boy, if we can just get a couple of runs on that pitching staff, we're going to be okay. Now it's, oh man, we got to pitch well against this team. And all right, we're going to talk about this Pirates series here in a second. I want to get to a bunch of Jeff's junk mail, but the first thing I want to talk about, topic A, 1A, it's been ever since he was announced the opening day second baseman, is Jonathan India. Holy crap. If you have not watched a game yet, if you've not had the pleasure of watching this dude play, you are missing out. Six games into his major league career, he's got a hit in every single one of them. His defense is amazing, looking very awesome. He made a diving play yesterday, and that wasn't even his best play. The best play of the day, by far, was the kind of botched fly ball that went into right field. Castellanos had to make a run to go catch up to it and tried to slide and catch it, but he was not able to. So it bounces, he gloves it, pops up and just fires a strike 
in and hits the cutoff man who was India at the time. There was a runner on second base whenever the fly ball left the bat. And so he was rounding third, heading into score, looking like he was going to break up the shutout. But India, with a brilliant relay throw to home plate, Tucker Barnhart had all day to apply that tag to the runner, which was Wilmer Defoe for the Pirates, who was like always on base in this series. It's kind of interesting. But he had all day to make this tag. It was a beautiful play. Jonathan India looks like baseball just comes easy to him. He looks like he's going to be here to stay for a long time, and he could be a staple where we weren't sure what we were going to get out of Jonathan India at the beginning of spring training. Now we are looking to the future with a ton of excitement. I mean, he just stings the ball. This isn't a case where he's hitting a little bit of bloop here, a little bit of bloop there, a lucky ground ball here. He's crushing line drives. He should have had a double yesterday, but it was circumstantial, very uh, weird play where the umpire called him out on the tag. He tried to stretch a single into the double, and the Pirates made a nice throw. But on the replay, it kind of looked like he was safe. Whatever, not that big a deal. At this point, the Reds were way ahead of the Pirates, and whether it was a single or a double really didn't matter too much to the outcome of the game. Just would have been nice to see on India's personal box score. But overall, I cannot be more impressed with this dude. And the other caveat, too, something that you may be wondering when you see his dominance at the plate, we all remember certain rookies coming up, whether they be Aquino or whoever, in their first you know, handful, couple handfuls of plate appearances, all they saw were fastballs and change-ups. You know, pitchers were trying to get one past them. That wasn't the case yesterday. In fact, of the 11 pitches they saw, and shout out to Red's Content Plus Morning Spin Newsletter, if you don't subscribe to that, I recommend you do because it's very smart and you will be a smarter Reds fan just for reading it. But in that newsletter, they talked about Jonathan India at the plate on Wednesday's series uh, finale against the Pirates in the 11 pitches that he saw. Nine of them were breaking balls. And if you watch Jonathan India, did it look like he had problems with the breaking ball? He was hitting it pretty well. He looks like a seasoned veteran up at the plate, and it's literally six games into his major league career. I am so very excited for what we have coming at us for his career because he has been a joy to watch and one of the biggest factors into why the Reds are so fun right now. All right, we got some Jeff Chuck mail that I'm going to get to here in just a minute, but I had to get that off my chest. Jonathan India has been on my mind every time I watch, and plus, I mean, he walks up to Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, that's pretty sweet. Every time he's up the bat, I, I think, man, I should, I should watch those movies. Anyway, uh, we're going to get to some Jeff Chuck mail here in a minute. Uh, before we do that, though, I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me or other fans or athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team, a.k.a. the Cincinnati Reds. In fact, I'm going to be on at noon today, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Noon on Thursday, we'll be chatting some Reds, so join me on the Locker Room app. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join in a conversation 
about the Reds, about Major League Baseball. There's tons of baseball rooms. You just jump into a room, and it's kind of like the conference call that you actually want to be on. You just use your phone or your iOS device, jump into the locker room, and start talking some sports. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Then follow me, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, to be notified when I go live on Locker Room. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live, like I said, today, Thursday at noon. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the team. Let's see you there. Let's talk some Reds. Noon today, Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. With the ever-increasing number of makes like Fiat and Kia and all these different car companies and all the different models that are coming out, whether you're talking about like a Chrysler Pacifica or a BMW XT5, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer anyway, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with the access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motors, and even oil when it comes to new carpets on the interior. And you can get, you know, a nice little uh, steering wheel cover if you want to. Whether it's for your classic or daily car, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle. When you're checking out in the How'd You Hear About Us section, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you from the Locked On Reds podcast. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts that your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. And when you're checking out in the How'd You Hear About Us section, type in Locked On. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we got a lot of good Jeff Chuckmail to get to, so we're going to start right here. We're starting with Austin Coleman on Twitter. He says, should the Reds consider trading an outfielder with Nick Castellanos, Nick Senzel, Tyler Naquin, Shogo Akiyama, and Jesse Winker, it seems like the room is too full. I would think Senzel could bring some pretty good value. Austin, I appreciate the question, man. When I'm looking at this outfield, it definitely looks pretty darn good. Though I will say, there's a couple of guys that I still need to see this happen a lot longer for. I've been very happy, obviously, with Tyler Naquin. Dude has been killing the ball here lately. 
But this isn't really something that the Reds expected from him. They expect his good defense, and they expect a pretty solid bat off the bench. And then when it comes to Aristides Aquino, I don't know that anybody knows what to expect anymore. Guy's got two home runs already this year, but there's also been plenty of at-bats that he's had in this early going that you're just like, oh man, he is overmatched against guys that really aren't the overmatched pitcher type guys. It's just the book on Aquino is throw breaking balls low and away and throw fastballs up and in out of the zone and he'll chase both of those and that's how you get him out. I have not seen him been able to adapt to that. The homers that he has hit have been solid fastballs that have gotten a lot of the plate, probably something that the pitcher was a little off on their location with, and Aquino made him pay for it. Now, don't get me wrong, you can make a bench bat out of that easily, but he's not as reliable as the other guys. I'm not trading Castellanos right now. I'm not trading Jesse Winker. I'm not trading Nick Senzel. I know that Senzel would bring back the most value, but he is firmly within that category of once he figures it out, this team turns around. Once he figures out how to stay healthy and how to consistently produce, this lineup is so much more dangerous. We have seen it over the last couple of days. He had three hits in the night where they scored 14 runs against the Pirates, and he had a couple of hits last night or or yesterday afternoon as well. His value is just so much more as a red. I I am convinced. I know that we have spent the last couple of offseasons talking about, well, should the Reds look at trading him? And I know that that probably makes Shogo a fourth outfielder, a $7 million fourth outfielder. And as much as I would love to see him, it's really hard to look and see, unless the Reds get creative with stuff. But at this point, I don't know how you would get creative now that Jonathan India has firmly taken hold of second base and does not need to be taken out of there for any reason whatsoever. I think even if he's tired, he should be starting. (laughs) Okay, that's, that's getting a little far. But... I I just love what Jonathan India has brought to this team. So now you probably look at what can you get for either Aristides Aquino or I I hate to say it, maybe looking at trading Shogo. I, I don't know. Right now, there's not really going to be any teams that are looking to deal anyway because everybody's still in it, quote unquote. Everybody, you know, except for like the Pirates and maybe a, you know the Rockies or something like that. Teams that we're out of it whenever opening day first starts. So I, I look at this and I think I, the Reds have options with which to go out and acquire somebody. The only problem is they got to figure it out before the middle of May whenever Shogo comes back. For this next bit, I'm going to group in some tweets and some texts that I've received on Locked On Reds line and heard plenty of callers too. I'm going to steal a little bit from that. I'm just going to group it all together. I'm not going to read each individual one. But what I'm going to call this is the Joey Votto hate segment. Holy cow, people. As as happy as I've been about these six games, why? And look, I, I, I firmly understand it's only been six games. There's 156 left. It's a long season. They've still got plenty of work to do. Nothing is accomplished right now. On the other end of the spectrum, six games into it, people are done. With Joey Votto, whether it be with his glove, whether it be with his bat, they think he's done. How on earth do you think that? 
Look, I know we're talking about a slow starter here. We're talking about a guy who needed to start fast. But on the other end of the spectrum, the lineup has been fine without him. And once he is ready to go, which I firmly believe is going to be like within the next week, we're going to see Joey like because he's been stinging the ball. You've seen the exit velocities on his outs. They're all very hard hit balls. We're, we're not talking about a guy who's getting cheated. We're not talking about a guy who cannot hit the ball anymore. We're talking about a dude who right now is just hitting them where the defenders are. And that's something that works itself out during a long season. So at the plate, I'm not worried about him at all. And I, I, I said bold prediction for the season was he was going to have an OPS of 130 plus, but I firmly expect him to have somewhere around a 120. I think 130 plus is bold. I think 115 to 120 is what I'm expecting from him. He's going to have a fine season. It just so happens right now that the bats are working without him. And once he joins in, I mean, this, this lineup's just going to be phenomenal. Not worried about him at all. On the defensive side, there's a little bit of a worry, but I've still seen some nice plays from him to know that he's still there, to know that we're not talking about a guy who shouldn't be out there playing defense. I've gotten that take from a couple of people, and I do not understand it. Look, the long and short of any complaint about Joey Votto starts and ends with his contract. Here's the thing with that. Let's, let's talk objectively for a minute. Say you're right. Say he's done. Say he's got nothing left in the tank. He's still under contract for the next couple of years. You don't just get out from under that. And you're not trading him. Nobody's taking on that contract in a trade. Joey is here, and Joey's going to be fine. Coming up, I want to take a brief look at the Diamondback series. We're going to talk about that a lot more in depth on tomorrow's podcast with Miller Thomas from the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. And I also wanted to get to one more Jeff's junk mail as well. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of the sports action out there is bet online. And today, you can set up your profile with the promo code Locked On and get 50% added onto your initial deposit. You've got NBA, you've got college basketball, you've got the NHL, and of course, we've got Major League Baseball going on each and every day. Plenty to bet on. They've even got single game prop bets that you can check out in their menu of so many things. They've got sports. They've got award shows. They've got TV shows, reality TV. If you want to jump into all of that, you can check it out on betonline.ag. They've got real-time updated odds and props on literally pretty much everything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered. For all of the news, scores, and odds as well, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to betonline.ag or Use your mobile device to sign up as well and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on on top of your first deposit. Bet Online is your online sportsbook expert. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I got a little heated there. I got a little uh, frustrated with the Joey Votto takes. Sorry about that. Speaking of takes about players and being done and all this other stuff, it's only been two outings for Amir Garrett, so 
and, and, and they've been completely low leverage, if not no leverage at all. So he's not necessarily, I, I'm not looking at those outings and being like, oh, we're done with Amir Garrett as closer. I, I think he's just trying to work some stuff in. Everybody starts differently. Lucas Sims has started amazing. In fact, and I, I referenced this earlier on in the podcast, Reds Content Plus, the morning spin newsletter, was talking about his slider in his last outing yesterday against the Pirates and how much it has spun would literally put him in like the top three sliders in the league. We're talking about Lucas Sims being one of the best sliders in Major League Baseball. He's absolutely on fire to start the year, but I'm not worried about Amir Garrett and these first couple of outings. Say what you will, and I know that this is tired and kind of a cliche way to look at the ninth inning, but it's just different whenever your guy who is the closer or whatever comes out for the ninth inning, and then all of a sudden he's up by like 14 runs. There's just a different energy there, and it's almost like a closer has to create his own uh, adversity, which is annoying, and this kind of why I hate the idea of the save, but in the minds of pitchers, the ninth inning feels different. The ninth inning is keyed up. So as much as we fans and as much as I might want to sit here and say, well, I want you to treat every inning like it's the same and every out like it's the same. You're just getting three outs. Just go out there and get those three outs. We're talking about human beings here. We're not talking about robots. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, Real quick, I wanted to look at who's coming up for the Diamondbacks in this series. So the Reds in this three-game series, we're going to see Tyler Malley, Jeff Hoffman, and Jose DeLeon going up against Arizona on the mound for the Diamondbacks. In the first game will be right-hander Taylor Widener. He only has 13 career games pitched, so he's kind of an unknown commodity for the Diamondbacks. He helped the Diamondbacks beat the San Diego Padres back on April 4th with a six-inning outing that was a shutout. Three hits allowed, three walks, and five strikeouts. Then probably also towing the rubber for the Diamondbacks in this series. I'm looking at Merrill Kelly. He pitched to start the second game of the Padres series. He gave them four innings, gave the Diamondbacks four innings, three earned runs allowed on five hits, three walks, and four strikeouts. He did allow a home run, and also probably towing the rubber, because none of these guys are announced. It still says TBD on the probable pitchers, but just kind of looking at how the rotation for the Diamondbacks may end up, I'm looking at Luke Weaver as well, who tossed five and two-thirds innings in his first start, allowed three earned runs on four hits. He did have three strikeouts. Those three earned runs were all homers, by the way. So it could be interesting to see with this rotation. One other guy who we're definitely going to see out of the bullpen He made his major league debut uh, with much aplomb, basically because nobody knew who he was, and then he came in and he pitched three innings in an extra inning game for the Diamondbacks when they defeated the Rockies on April 6th, actually the same day that Luke Weaver made his start. He came in and he pitched the last three innings of the game. He also got a hit at the plate, and he scored a run, all in his first game as a major leaguer. Fantastic. And and the story on him is great. I was looking up different uh, facts on Matt Peacock. Uh, Cespedes Family Barbecue was 
tweeting about him whenever he made his debut. Whenever he was in college back in 2015 at South Alabama, he had arm surgery, so he stopped pitching for a couple of years. He came back as a redshirt senior and over the course of one year built enough of a profile to get drafted. So that dude was pretty phenomenal. I'm looking forward to seeing him coming out of the bullpen with the Diamondbacks. We're going to talk a lot more about that with Miller Thomas on tomorrow's podcast as we preview this Reds Diamondbacks series. But I also wanted to end on a Jeff's Chuck Mail note. This is from our buddy Risto. He says, as you know, I've been a Reds fan for 61 years. I haven't enjoyed the beginning of a Reds season like this since 1970. And no, I'm not comparing this team to the Big Red Machine or anything like that. I'm just saying that they are as exciting to watch as the early years of the Big Red Machine were. Hitting the lines, getting runners on, bases, and moving them around to score. And small ball is back as well as the big fly. This team is playing with a passion we haven't seen in years. And to that, we as fans finally deserve to see with the starting rotation in a bullpen that measure up against any in the division and an offense that has the ability to add on runs in the middle and late innings to preserve their lead and make the win, I'm as optimistic about this team as I have been in years. Risto, I appreciate you, man, and that is the way that I want to end this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Tomorrow, like I said, Miller Thomas joins me from Locked On Diamondbacks. We are going to talk all things Reds D-backs coming up this weekend. Also, if you're listening to this before noon on Thursday, join me on the Locker Room app and let's talk some baseball. But that'll do it for us here today. I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.